everybody. This is Noelle. And I'm Jenna. And this is More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. So, happy day. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Me too. I'm so excited. Welcome to our very first episode. We are so excited to be here. We hope you're just as excited as we are. Um, Today, we will actually be talking about Execution Rocks Island and Lighthouse. Um, There's several cool things that kind of go along with it, but I'm just going to get right on into the episode. Okay, I'm... I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. Um, Now, I just wanted to add, Jenna doesn't really know much about, I mean, we know a lot about little things that involve spooky things and true crime. Not those details. Yeah. So we're informing each other on things we basically already know about. Sometimes we know nothing about. So that's why it's kind of fun. Okay. So Execution Rocks Island and Lighthouse um, exists it's, it's a tiny island on the coast of New Rochelle, New York, in the Long Island Sound. And the Long Island Sound is pretty cool in itself because it sort of guards the mansions that were mentioned in The Great Gatsby. Yeah. I love that. I know. It's not that far, really, either. No. It, I mean, It's just trip? beyond. Yeah. Day trip. So, um... It's also an estuary to the Atlantic. The Long Island Sound is an estuary to the Atlantic. And if you're like me and have no idea what an estuary is. Yeah, please. Because I'm like, a what? (laughs) An estuary, um, according to definition, is where ocean tide meets a freshwater stream, making the water brackish, which means partially salt and freshwater. The freshwater in the Long Island Sound actually comes from three main rivers in Connecticut, and the salt water comes, obviously, from the Atlantic Ocean. Okay, that sounds familiar now that, like, I hear the definition. Yeah, it's okay, pretty neat. awesome. So, this part of the sound at the time was used for British and American ships during the Revolutionary War. Yeah, so they would use this part of the sound as, like, passage to uh, be, be traveling troops in and out. And uh, the tides, I mean, the water is, like, really rough. Um, I'll have to show you some pictures. Definitely. It's pretty it's pretty crazy, the tides that you see and, and the waves that you see in the sound. Um, so the rumor is that before the lighthouse was built on the island and it was just this little jagged pile of rocks during the Revolutionary War, the Brits would capture American revolutionaries. They would chain them to the rocks and leave them to drown when high tide came. What a way to die. Yeah, yeah. So the, literally, they would probably chain them up at nighttime because the tide was low. Yeah, and then wait. And, and then, then it would be hours sometimes, like terrifying. 12 hours that they would be there waiting. Terrifying. And As you slowly have the water in exactly. and getting So they would watch gosh. that slow death begin to happen. And in the meantime, they're laying there in the middle of the night with all this black, crazy water. You can't see anything. Mm -hmm. It's in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere. Who knows the temperature of that water. Yeah, it could be just absolutely freezing. Um, So people said at the time that you could hear the screams of the colonials from the shore until they stopped when everyone chained was unfortunately drowned by the tide. Um, It's also said that they would leave the skeletons chained to the rocks as a warning, which, I mean, that's not unheard of. I mean, people have done weird things like that, like all throughout history. Vlad the Impaler, like right there. Like, here, don't do this again, or (laughs) your head's on the spike. Yeah, in this case, you're chained to jagged rocks on an island while you slowly wait to drown in the tide of the Atlantic. So that's great. Terrifying. Um,. So many people think that this is where the name of the island came from because of all the executions there. Makes sense. Um, But later, during the American Revolution, a ship carrying a full crew of British soldiers ironically crashed against that particular island and how the rocks were like submerged under the water, um, and none of them survived, ironically. Hmm. So... Uh, that could be the culprit of, like, many shipwrecks that would happen at the time because the the rocks were just so submerged under the rising tide, you just couldn't see them. And they were all really jagged. 
So that is actually likely where the island received its name was all the shipwrecks that would happen against the... Yeah. So unfortunately, it's not as gruesome as we think where the name came from, but... You but know, still. It still happened. We could still think that's where it came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Um, the lighthouse was finally commissioned to be built on the island in 1847 because there was so uh, so much ship traffic from trading and selling goods. Uh, and there were tons of collisions, so they needed to be able to see where they were going because not only were there collisions, but people were crashing on the island itself. So... Um, it was completed in 1849, but it wasn't actually active until a year later in 1850. Um, the sordid history, this is really cool. So all throughout history, light keepers have like a contract, like you have to stay there for like a year or however long, and you're not allowed to trade. If you want to trade or leave, you have to put in a, a request to do so. Like, this is your duty. You have to be here. This is your lighthouse you are guarding. Interesting. I didn't think I knew that. Yes, but with this lighthouse, the sordid history of it was so bad that the lightkeepers who had to manage, um, who usually had to get approval from management, were essentially allowed to just get out of there and leave without getting approval first. They did not want that posting. No, and actually their bosses didn't want the keepers to feel, quote, chained to the island the way that the colonials were. Hmm, interesting use of words there. Yeah, pretty creepy. So, fast forward. So, we just talked about how it was built and, uh, you know, in 1850 it was... It was active, and, you know, ever since then, the, the light keepers would just kind of trade in and out because a lot of weird, spooky things would be heard there, and weird things would just, like, happen at that time, um, just even between people traveling through there. Uh, one of those people being uh, Carl Pan's Ram. Carl Pan's Ram um, was actually a serial killer in the 1900s. Um, he is kind of involved with this island, and we'll go over that a little bit later. I'm going to throw in a little trigger warning, though, uh, for rape. Um, he is, quote, killer of 20 men, raped 1,000. Yeah. A legacy. Yeah, how, what a great legacy yeah. you know, he built for himself. Jeez. But upon his travels, he just pillaged. <clears throat> so... Carl Panzram was born on June 28th in 1891 in Minnesota to... I love uh, that. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> I uh, thought you would enjoy that. Minnesota. He was born to Prussian immigrant parents, and he was ra raised on a family farm. When he was eight, he got in trouble for being drunk and disorderly. Those were the times. Well, I don't know. I think you can kind of see <laughs> where his... <laughs> You know, life uh, will lead. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> the path he chose since yes. eight years old is all telling. Imagine just seeing a little eight-year-old just, you know, drunk, drunk and disorderly. And disorderly. <laughs> Imagine. It's awful, but it's hysterical. A little bit. <laughs> um, by the time 1902 came around, he was 11 years old, and just, you know, he had a knack for robbing his neighbors. Yeah. Glad I'm not his neighbor. You know, his favorite thing, walking around, stealing, stealing stuff from his neighbors. Uh, there are still, you know, people like that. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe they are still 11. Yeah, I think there are. I think we know some 11-year-olds that have done some pretty awful things yeah. in life so yeah. far. Um, his robberies actually led to his juvenile detention at Minnesota State Training School. And Doesn't sound like a fun place. N no, it really like the doesn't. like training part. No. What, and are, you, what are you training? <laughs> the fact that it's like a state detention center for kids instead of like... You know, some, some like, little towns have detention centers. Like, like Greece, New York has you know. Juvie Hall. But it's not yeah. a state-run yeah, thing, I, I don't you. think. So, yeah, he went to the state training school in Minnesota. And I guess this, I guess this school was, like, crazy and employed methods of sexual assault and brutal aggression to handle them. And um, upon my readings, I found that the school also ran heavily upon Christian indoctrination. Uh, indoctrination. Oh. <laughs> Don't mind me while I stumble. So because of this, I mean, he was already on a bad path. He went to a training school where they sexually assaulted and tortured these kids there. And he, he just got totally fed up with being raped and brutalized. 
which led to Panzram burning down one of the buildings of the training school in 1905. Okay. So it was apparently okay. a building that he had been sexually assaulted in, and apparently this training place had multiple buildings, and he burned that one down. Um, I found nothing on what his punishment had been for this, but I can imagine it was not good or pleasant by the sounds of the place. Hey, man, it's part of the triad to uh, be starting fires, so... Yeah, exactly. I wonder if, you know, was there anything about, like, bedwetting in his, like... I did not see anything about that in his early years. It was more of it's just, like... It's an older story, too, so it's got to be hard to yeah, yeah. get that information. There was so much conflicting information for it being from, like... You know, the 1900s, it was Yeah, just... yeah, I believe it. So later, Carl was released from school because he was able to, like, lie and pretend that he was informed enough to be let go. He once said, quote, <laughs> I was reformed, all right. I had been taught by Christians how to be a hypocrite, and I had learned more about stealing, lying, hating, burning, and killing. I had learned that a boy's, now, expletive, Penis could be used for something besides to urinate with and that a rectum could be used for other purposes. Wonderful. I mean, this is what he, this is what he was taught at a training school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just horrifying. And I'm not saying that, like, it, that he should have taken that and run with it. But I mean, that's, that would obviously turn anybody who is already in a bad way, like, in a very much worse way. Yeah. Yeah. You're trying to, you know, reform this, this young person and instead you're just... I mean, stripping them of their innocence that they may even have. Yeah, there is no retribution for Mm -mm. that person. And it's got to be, you know, during his fundamental years, pretty hard to get that out of your mindset. Right, exactly. It's kind of like beat into you that, yeah, this is what you should do to people when they do something wrong Yep, kind of thing. So by his teens, he had really uh, quite a problem with alcohol, obviously, if he started when he was eight. And he would wander the streets committing theft and burglaries, more burglaries and and thievery. Um, During this time, Panzram ran away from Minnesota and was raped by four homeless men while riding in a boxcar, which in turn led to him having like this thing about raping homeless men later in life. So this poor, this, I say poor guy, but. I mean, he, he. I mean, I feel bad for him because if There's, you're eight and getting drunk and disorderly, yes, you have yes. no good parental structure. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, not a great start, and then nobody leads you. I mean, they led you just just wrong turn after wrong turn. Yes. So now he is just getting like raped after he has left this place. Um, so he was finally arrested for the string of thefts and put again into another brutal brutal religious reform school. Because apparently, at this time, reform schools, oftentimes being Christian, oftentimes used brutal tactics. I mean, it was, I mean, still in, in Catholic schools until, like, the 90s, you'd get wrapped on your hands with a ruler if you oh talk too much. Or... My dad went to St. Joe's. I went to St. Joe's. I didn't go as long. But my dad went, and he literally left. He was the first Kinney kid to go to public school because his nun did not like him. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. And yeah, they, you know, the knuckles, it was, it was a thing. And, and you can only not imagine. that long ago. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. So that kind of, this kind of like shows that this, mm-hmm. this has been happening for a while. Yeah, and that was like 60s. So his hatred for the church, church was exacerbated, obviously, by the treatment mm-hmm. he received in his reform schools because he started out you know, not having the great love, the greatest love for the church. And then it was just exacerbated by the treatment he, re- he received there. Makes sense. Um, and when at that point he and another inmate had escaped that other reform place in 1907 and he began to rob and set fire to churches because of his disdain for them. Escalation. Yeah. So he now is setting fire to things. <laughs> um, Again. Multiple, like, just... He just keeps setting fire to things. Yeah, leaving a trail of destruction in his wake. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can't get, like, solid info on whether it was 15 or 16, but at 15 or 16, he signed up for the military after meeting a recruiter at a bar one night and lying about his age. 
Like it that's was so easy back that's then. That's literally all he had to do was lie what? about his age to this recruiter, Why and he was, was like, it? "Okay." Now let it be known, <laughs> I got conf- too much conflicting info on all the different names, but Carl Panzram was known to use different names for things like. Jefferson Rhodes was one of them, I think, and I believe there was another one, but I can't remember. But still, I mean, you would think that this recruiter would be like, hey, let me see your ID or something. But, no. I mean, he's on the run, you know, from so many different places. So I can understand, you know, using an alias and being like, um, yeah. But you would have person. to think, like, where is this guy showering and stuff? Like, this recruiter just sees this young-looking dude looking the all shovel, grungy yeah. and kind of like he's gotten into trouble and he's like, hey... Can I join the military? And the recruiter's like, yeah, yeah, let's let's have a drink and join the military. It was just that easy. Apparently. I guess maybe the recruiter was just a little too drunk. Yeah, with meeting in a bar, that's probably yeah. the safest bet. So he gets into the military, and shortly after he was dishonorably discharged because of insubordination and what do you know it, stealing, but from a supply closet. What was he stealing? I'm in maybe a mop or something. (laughs) He really had to clean his his bunk bed or something. (laughs) So this is pretty interesting. Apparently, at the time, President Taft was the one to sign the order that finally sent him to prison, Leavenworth Prison in Kansas, um, because of what he did at the military and all that, um, and everything else that he had done. Mm-hmm. His trail. He finally kind of caught up to it, yeah. So that's important to note that Taft was the one to put him in prison. It will come up in the future. So mm, remember. Okay. Oh, God. <clears throat> so while he was at Leavenworth Prison, again, he also endured sav- savage beatings and other cruelties during the time of his sentence. It was the turn of the century, and oftentimes the penal systems would be extra cruel because there were also no laws preventing cruelty. And mm-hmm. Same story. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he that's that was his other form of reform. Again, just, just torture. <laughs> um, I know that this episode isn't fun, but a fun little side note that I learned... According to the Leavenworth Prison website, it used to be the largest maximum security prison, enclosing 23 acres, until 2005 when it was downgraded to minimum security facility because it only housed 1,600 inmates. They also note on the prison's website that some other well-known prisoners at the time were Machine Gun Kelly, Anthony Tony Ducks Corallo, hmm. Tom Pendergast, George Moran, John Franzies, Franzesi? Sorry, I do not know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, Franzes? I'm <laughs> not sure either. That's okay. Anyways, Robert Stroud, the Birdman of Alcatraz, James Earl Ray, and then James Joseph Whitey Bulger Jr., of course, mm. and then Michael Vick. Hate him. Me too. So, um, what's also interesting about that is that obviously the Birdman of Alcatraz and Whitey Bulger, Whitey Bulger was also in Alcatraz at a time. Mm -hmm. So all these people also went to Leavenworth together and um, that's where Carl Panzram ended up as well. So in 1910, Panzram was released from Leavenworth. Uh, He claimed that he was yet again worse off upon release than he was before his sentencing because of his treatment there. I can see that. I can kind of see that as well. I mean, you just you I just think, keep making everybody mm-hmm. just keeps making this guy's life worse and has he has no I mean, there's no therapists there mm-hmm. to like work him through anything nope. or nothing like that. I don't think he would have been an upstanding dude. Anyway, anyway, I mean, with how he was at eight, you know, yeah. but it's still the circumstances the system that he was going through yeah. definitely, definitely has an impact on that. None of his circumstances worked for him. Like, I feel so bad that he even, like mm-hmm. I said, at eight years old. He and was, it's, it's that's a crazy thing about, you know, empathy is like we're feeling bad for this murderer. awful, awful person. And it's it's hard because it's like we'll never know we'll never know how he would have been if this system hadn't done it right right or if he was just if on the right path if he somebody he Mm -hmm. had like a good family support system that let him go you know from the beginning that exactly anyway 
Well, you know, old habits die hard for good old Carl, though, because he went right back to burglarizing and raping homeless men. Uh, flashback to when he was a teenager and raped by homeless men. Mm-hmm. Carl was in and out of prison since then for his thefts. And, like, I think he went to Minnesota prison at one point. Oh, no, I, I do talk about that. So, okay. um, he just did, frankly, just disgusting and abhorrent things to people. And there was an account that I read that, you know, he he was, like, raping this one homeless guy and then... Some subway conductor dude came over and he made him rape the homeless man or something or made the homeless man rape that guy. So it was just all sorts of fucked up, man. Uh, Like all sorts of just abhorrent stuff. I mean, he was he was absolutely disgusting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no doubt about that. No, uh, there's absolutely not. So um, let's see here. I'm just going to pull up a picture so you can see him. And we're going to post all this on our website so you guys can see who Carl is, what he looks like, what the island looked like, uh, everything like that, because it's just... And it's cool. He's, like, an, he's a creepy looking dude. It's I mean, really neat. And yeah, like, he's he's a creep. Yeah, so here's what the island looks like in really rough waters. Oh my gosh, it's so high. Yeah, I you mean... You can't see the rock at all. Like oh, yeah. I'm surprised that the lightkeeper's house does not get flooded. I like, know, but I mean, it makes sense that that's the way that they were, you know, killing, killing them. People, yeah, it's, wow, I, that's it's, crazy. It's see. scary. I mean, and that's choppy water. Well, imagine being the person laying there, chained, mm-hmm. just and waiting before the tide. Yeah, I mean, that's low. That's very. That's like six, ten feet, maybe. They could of, put you right up towards the top, and then you're just waiting and waiting and watching mm-hmm. oh, hours gosh. and hours. Terrifying. Yeah. So, um, one of the things that bothers me about researching this case, or maybe it's like all older cases, I don't know, but is that I couldn't find much on the victims at all. Like, it would just Mm. say what he did to them, or just descriptions of like what race or sex they were. And there was like a horrible quote that I didn't even choose to put in this article. You know, but it's like, they didn't say anything else about the victim. They didn't say the victim's names, like, and it's just not cool. Like, I don't know if it's maybe because it's old, and at that point, the only thing they would focus on in the news is more of, like, the perpetrator himself instead of just the victims. But What kind of victim was he killing, too? Because that has a big factor. Like, if he's killing homeless people, is that... But then again, Jack the Ripper... You know, I feel like his crimes are very well known mm-hmm. and well documented. Mm-hmm. So why is this not? I don't know. Yeah, because Jack the Ripper was like before that time. It's, or at the yeah. same time. Well, I don't know that off the top of my head. I can give it a goog. No, that's all right. Okay. All right. So like I said, he was in and out of prison. And in 1920, this is going to be cool for you, he was released uh-huh. from Deer Lodge State Prison in Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For a future app. Remember that yeah. place. So, again, what do you think he did when he was released? He got better and led a beautiful, happy life. He began burglarizing again. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> he made his way east and ended up in Connecticut. So I remember he went from Montana to Connecticut. He's going everywhere. He yeah. Just oh, it gets like, where he leaves the country at one point. Okay. That, yeah. yeah that, that tracks. Yeah. So apparently one night during a theft, he found himself, because he's in Connecticut, Robbing the home of none other than President William Howard Taft. Ah. Because somehow at the time Taft had no security. And, William, and you know, Pans Ram is the, the type of person that just holds grudges. You know, so yeah, yeah. Taft sent him to prison and he's like, get down. He's like, yeah, I'm going to rob you now. So apparently he went to Connecticut, found Taft's house, robbed the house with like a bunch of money. Uh, random possessions. It was about $3,000 cash at the time when he turned it in, I believe, which was a pretty large amount of money. Oh, yeah. At yeah. that time, like $3,000 is a lot of money at that That's time. That's a lot of money. And he also stole President Taft's handgun. Huh. Like Taft's own handgun. With the money he stole from Taft, he built himself a yacht, bought himself, sorry, he bought himself a yacht 
and then sailed down to New York. And this little portion is where the Execution Rocks Island comes into play. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. So as this crazy man was living his best life on his yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. The, I like, can picture him. Early 19s, like, you know, he's just sailing down in his yacht. That is great. Like, I got this president's mustache. Like, oh, his crazy oh. looking mustache and eyebrows. <laughs> oh, plot yeah. what he's going to do at Execution Rocks. He, oh, gosh. Yeah, so he noticed... That on the docks around him, he saw sailor men just lingering around, you know, as sailor men might do when they've been docked at the <laughs> at the port. So a light bulb for Carl went off in his brain. Mm. Demented little brain. I will quote once again, Mr. Pan- Pansram. He said, then I figured it would be a good plan to hire a few sailors to work for me, get them out to my yacht, get them drunk. Commit sodomy on them, rob them, and kill them. This I done. We we would wine and dine, and when they were drunk enough, they would go to bed. When they were asleep, I would get my Cult 45 automatic that I stole from Mr. Taft's home and blow their brains out. Now, in wow. other... Yeah, yeah, that's... This is why it's heart heavy, because, like, in other quotes that I did not mention, like, the disgusting quote... Um, from when he travels out of the country, he talks often about blowing their brains out or, um, like, beating somebody so bad. And oftentimes it was, like, a child, like, 11, that their brains would leak out of their ears. He mentioned that several times. Disgusting. It was awful. So, I like, I wasn't going to quote the That's whole heavy. actual quote. That so but heavy. that is, like, he was not, like, just some robber, rapist guy. He, I mean, he would brutally like bludgeon people and, and young boys it was mostly men and young boys and or shoot them to death um and apparently with these sailors he murdered 10 men this way alone like and at that time he would dump them at sea or it was said that at this time carl would take the bodies he murdered to execution rocks island lighthouse and dump their bodies only like a hundred yards from the island. So you can see how the lighthouse might have acted like literally like a beacon for the spirits of those who were damned to the depths of those yeah. waters. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I mean, he would just go right there. He knew it was unpopulated mm-hmm. and he would go there and dump their bodies. And it's treacherous. Treacherous. Yeah, I can imagine if, I would imagine that, you know, some of those bodies washed up to the island. I mean, I would imagine. Because it's, yeah. like, there. If they're only 100 yards out and these waves are, they like, must, smashing yeah. against the, the rocks. Um, so, I guess he was only able to do this for a short... I'm sorry, a few few short weeks before locals started wondering what the heck was going on and got suspicious. So, he moved on then to the southwestern coast of Africa. So, I mean, when I say he, like, leaves the country, like, he travels. So, he takes his yacht. <coughs> takes his yacht. That he bought with President Taft's money. I did see another conflicting piece of information that apparently it was another boat that he robbed, but I couldn't figure out what happened okay. to the boat that he bought with Taft's money. Well, it could just So, depend. I can't, I just kind of just, yeah. I don't know whose boat, if it was the same yacht. But or he, no, sailed like, he sailed himself. Yes. But, okay. To oh. the southwestern coast of Africa, which wow. is obviously a huge jump from New York, and he was getting the a lot of that. Well, it's hard to catch somebody back then anyway because, like, science and, and all of that is Did not exist, yeah. So, yeah, he could, and he's bouncing around everywhere. And he's, he's using fake names. Impossible to find. Yeah, and he has escaped, you know, like, prison and uh-huh. mental health facilities. Yeah. And... Oh, wow. So, so while he was there, it said... That he purchased an eight-year-old girl whom he was told was a virgin, but returned her because he didn't believe that to be true. Fucked up, man. Just the point that he's purchasing... A child. A child. A little For girl. those purposes. And their, her parents, I mean, anyway. <laughs> he was then given oh. another eight-year-old girl in exchange. Oh, like, so sorry that happened. We're so sorry. Here, take this other one. Ew. Yeah. Ugh. Literally sex trading. Shudder. Who was also supposedly supposed to be a virgin, but thankfully 
Carl didn't believe that either and gave her back. He did not kill her, thank God. He just, like, returned her. That's good. But who knows what happened while he did have her. Well, no one, it is said that no one is ever sure if he ever had sex with a woman at all. I was wondering that because, like, he's buying these little girls, but he's known for raping men yeah they're and then he just like returned these girls they didn't seem to be in a condition that was like a rage like yeah like they had had been sexually assaulted or anything like that with with his history you would think that if there was something that took place it would be quite violent maybe he just took he took them so he could maybe explore it yeah, and maybe, maybe he thought... It, and then he was like, nope, not into this. So yeah. he had to, like, create... Oh, well, she's not a virgin. Yeah, maybe that was just his excuse because he you was afraid know. to announce that he's, like, gay. Which is fine. Like, why would you... Obviously, it's 1900, so that's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, while he was there, this is one of the little boys I was talking about. Um, he sodomized and murdered an mm-hmm. 11 or 12-year-old little boy. Got conflicting info. Um... Oh, no, sorry, this is a different little boy. He rented a canoe where there were six other men. And when he came out, he was, like, looking for a spot with crocodiles. Like, that was literally his goal, was to find a spot with crocodiles so that he could shoot all of them um, and feed them to the crocodiles. This man is twisted. Like, what the hell goes through? Like, you're just wandering around and all you, this is all, all you think about yeah, all like, the time. Hmm, it's just like. Just plotting. Yeah. On the most ingenious way. It's weird. It's so like, strange. what is happening? So then again, he made his way back to New York. Uh. At this point, I did read that a guy tried to rob his boat from him, but Carl then shot and killed that guy too. So at this point, we're creeping up to, like, 18 or 19 people at this point that he's killed. Okay. I feel like. It's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just been going around doing it. No repercussions. He's only went to jail for robbing. For robbing, yeah. And arson. Yeah. Like, not murder. Right. So he moved around the East Coast a lot, bouncing from New York to Connecticut and all that. And in Connecticut, he raped and murdered another little boy and sodomized the body after death, which just adds to, like, how disgusting this guy is. The like, he just factor. keeps getting just worse. Like, just stop being icky. <laughs> I know. Like, he just, it just, stop. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, once he was trying to rob a train station in New York where he got into a little fight with a police officer, what? where he had tried to attack the officer with an axe. This dude's legit insane. Like he's who's just, just carrying around an axe? I don't know where he got this axe from. Was that from the this popular thing? You know? Yeah, I have no clue. Um, and somehow, luckily, the cop was able to overcome Carl, which was pretty outstanding because at this point, Carl was like two hundred pounds and six feet tall. So he was not only crazy looking; he was also he's a, a big, big menacing dude. guy. He's a big dude. Yeah. So I mean, wow. For all these kids to have to come into contact with this scary, big, menacing guy. Well, that's what I was wondering, too, because, like, he's overpowering all of these men, like, military men and, like, multiple men by himself. And, yeah, I know, like, like, groups of six, but I think it's also, like, a shock factor. For some reason, these guys didn't think anything about this weird dude asking Mm -hmm. him to come aboard. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, his lonely little boat and just didn't expect to, the him yeah. to, like, turn around and shoot everybody. Like, And he does use a good tactic, like a boat, um, the crocodile alligator. Yeah. Thing. Like, he, he does know, like, okay, I'm one person. I want to kill multiple numbers of these men, so I need to do it in a smart way. Well, so no, guess- he, like, shot them all first. Oh, yeah. And then fed them to the crocodiles. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know how nobody overcame this guy. Yeah, like military men. But he's just, like, killing them, and they're just standing there, like, looking around. Like, tackle this dude. Why don't you push him into the crocodiles? And guns weren't even, like, amazing. I know. Were they? I don't 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 think so. But to, like, be able to kill everybody and not have someone, like, tackle him. I wish they fed him to the crocodiles. Then we could have called him Carl Crocodile Pans Ram. Yeah. And then <laughs> story over, less people dead. Yep. So the officer arrested him yet again. And much oh. to surpri- society's surprise, he confessed to everything that he had done. Really? 
Don't be surprised for much longer, though, because Carl yeah. shows that he has absolutely no remorse. And he was released because all the cops thought he was trying to get out of something by confessing to everything, which I don't understand. Wait, that makes absolutely no sense. Well, you know how, like, some people will be like, yeah, I'll plead guilty yeah. if you give me, if you don't yeah. give me the death penalty. Yeah. So who knows about at this time what they uh-huh. were thinking. True. But why? After they know or even he's they, been doing this stuff. Or even they think, like, oh, no one's that crazy to just confess outright. I <laughs> I have no idea. Why does this man keep getting let out? Lock I, him up, throw away the key. It's just ridiculous. I agree. So after that, he ran off to Baltimore. He raped and murdered another man. He was caught again and arrested by an officer of the law and confessed to everything yet again. And he was let go. After this, finally he was believed and sentenced to 25 years at his favorite place ever, Hmm? Leavenworth Prison. All right. So he was sent back to Leavenworth. A little bit of karma there, you know. At this time during his stay, one of the guards, the, one of the ones that I know his name, Robert Wong, I know his name and I'm going to butcher it. This is awful. Wonky. <laughs> Robert, Robert Wonk, Wonky, who was the, I'm sorry, Robert, I'm sorry, who, there was no pronunciation associated with this article that I got his name it's, Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's an, it's a spelling. It, yeah. Warnky. 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 Who was the foreman of the laundry at the time. Now, remember, this is one of the guards. The guard crossed Carl in a way that Carl didn't like. Uh-oh. And uh, Carl beat Robert to death with an iron pipe. Ooh. Oh. Finally. Finally, this led to Carl's sentence being extended to the death penalty. Good. I thought 25 years and I, like, 25 years he got. Oh, my God. That. That's, I, that's what I thought, too. That's ridiculously I'm like, low. 20, 20 people, including children, that he's murdered. Yeah. At least and over And over, you know, God knows how many people he raped. That, mm-hmm. that thing said 1,000, but who mm-hmm. knows, like, at that time. How, and his how past happened. crimes have to kind of come into, I mean, he went all over the United <clears throat> States pillaging and, I know. you know, stealing from Taft. <laughs> I know, he stole from a president. And he oh, still 25 years. Gosh. <laughs> so... This guy is literally so crazy that apparently an anti-death penalty group tried to help him and get him a stay of execution, which is um, in, you know, court terms. It is a court order to suspend execution. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, this pissed Carl off. Even though they're trying to help him. I don't understand. But he by that time he's probably come to like, okay, I'm gonna die. Maybe maybe he wanted. I I don't, I don't know. know. He's throwing me for all sorts of loops. I know. So I was like, <laughs> duh. They can help you get out so you can keep doing what you obviously want. I know. Or at least stay in prison. He just he already killed somebody in prison. So if he stayed in prison without dying, then he could keep doing what he's doing, I guess. Oh my gosh. So Carl, in response to this anti-death penalty group trying to help him, says, Should I do a voice? I look forward to a seat in the electric chair or dance at the end of a rope, just like some folks like to do for their wedding night. Should I keep going with that? Do it. Do it. Please do it. You know I love me. All right. The only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. I have no desire whatever to reform myself. The only desire is to reform people who try to reform me. And I believe that the only way to reform people is to kill them. There you go. (laughs) Was that good? good. Of course. (laughs) We always have to do voices. Okay, so that's Carl Panzram done by Noelle Marinelli. (laughs) Bravo, bravo. (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, he... Literally said that he wished that the death penal- anti-death penalty group all had one neck so that he could strangle them all to death at once. He's nuts. Yeah. Certifiably insane. The only way to reform people is to kill them. So I guess that is why he wanted to die because he thinks that he... He needs it. Needs, needs reform to, yeah. and that the only way to do that is to die. And then again, I mean, that has been ingrained in him. With and, all the yeah, places, you know, the training school that he went to, like all of that has been ingrained because... 
you do bad things, you get sexually assaulted and you mm-hmm. get beaten and you're, mm-hmm. you know, that's what he thinks he deserves. Yep. So, finally, after all these crazy rampant years, in 1930, on October 5th, Carl Panzram was brought to the platform to fulfill his execution by hanging, where obviously, you know, he just had to spit in the executioner's face in good old Carl fashion. He just (laughs) got up there and spit in the executioner's Uh, face. Wouldn't expect any less. No. So he was asked if he, of course, had any last words, and his last words were, quote, Hurry up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill ten men while you're fooling around. I kind of love this dude just because he's ridiculous. His audacity to like, the things that he'll say. Yeah. Whatever. Just... He, he has no shame, no regret. Like, he's just going out here doing what he wants to do, living his best life. He called somebody a Hoosier bastard. I do, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to now have to say that, though, because your Hoosier bastard is totally... Oh. Like 1930s. It's totally, yeah. Yeah. But Carl's bad. Yes. Carl's bad. Who's your bastard is great. Carl's bad. Panzram was terrible. I'd say. And it's finally the end of his portion of this episode. So we're going to move on to... uh, Cleanse, cleanse, cleanse a little bit. Yeah. We're going to get spooky? We're going to get a little spooky here. This Um, episode is a triage of... uh, we have the history of the the weird sordid history, and then we have the serial killer, and then we have the uh, the spookiness here. So we're gonna start now with the spooky section of the episode, and the spooky stories are gonna come from the Execution Rocks Island and Lighthouse. And upon my research, I stumbled upon a historic Pelham website which seems to be a blog that covers the history of Pelham, New York, in Westchester County. Mm. And apparently, I would like to do a little bit more research on it, because, I mean, it's in New York. While it's quite a drive, we could probably go to historic Pelham, and because it's been listed as one of the six most haunted towns in New York, based off the past 16 years of ghost encounters. So need to go the there. top six in New York. And, that but, is so cool. I mean, keep in mind this article was written in 2015, but obviously it has, it's it has hard some gravity. To, it's hard with the whole, like, the most. I know. Because I've run into that too, and it's like, I try to, like, find it somewhere else. Yeah. And it's hard to find somewhere else not in that article. Right. So it's like. Yeah. I know. It could be just a historic Pelham website being like, our town's the most haunted. Come visit us. <laughs> Tourism. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's working. Let me grab my recorder. I'm on my way. Exactly. <laughs> grab your digital camera, Jenna. <laughs> We're off to the races. <laughs> oh, I want to. Let's go. Oh, anyway, so this article describes the shrieking ghosts of the island and the lore behind the creepy ass sounds than many here when visiting this gruesome yet historic site. So as we already know, but in case you forgot, colonials used to be tied to the rocks on the island at low tide and left for like 12 hours or however long it was until high tide came in. This led to their slow and torturous demise in which it was said the cries could be heard from the shore until they couldn't anymore because everyone had drowned. Oh my gosh. So the article describes that those who visit are able to hear audible very creepy shrieking sounds on the island when it's miles and miles away from the shore. Like, no one else is there. Um, except maybe the spirits, of course. Just hearing that sound would be terrifying. Yeah, so it's said that as you near the rocks, the sound starts as like a low... Uh, and then it gets higher and higher until it's like a really sound scary sounding like yeah, shriek. Just... Yeah. You know, first the groaning of knowing that, please help, I'm I'm drown, I'm gonna drown, save uh-huh. me, and then it getting louder and louder because they're about, oh god, it's just like, terrifying. Ooh, gives me goosebumps just like thinking about that sound. Just imagine Awful. hearing that, yeah. Terrifying. Oh my god, which I did kind of hear that because in season three of Ghost Adventures, mm. oh my god, what episode was it? I think it was like eight. Seven or eight, but season three. We can post that too somewhere. Yeah, we'll post that in the article in the and on the website as well. 
But um, Ghost Adventures actually went there, and (laughs) they (laughs) decided to investigate the island and the lighthouse. And a fun, cool fact I learned from the episode was that there's currently no need to have a lightkeeper at this lighthouse because while it's still in service, the Coast Guard switched to a solar lamp to power the light in December of 1979. Yeah. So at the end of the 70s, they put a solar That's lamp in there. crazy. You would think that that would be like a 2013. I know. But, no, wow. All that time 79. Ago. So what the hell is taking us so long for everything else mm-hmm. to be solar? Right. You know, 79. Right. I wouldn't thought, I would not have thought that at Mm-mm. the time. Mm-mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So that's pretty cool. This island and lighthouse has obviously no electricity, like, or water running to it. Because, like, this island is just... In the middle of just this rocky waters. It's kind of like an Alcatraz feel. How it's like just secluded yes. and on a rock in the middle of this nowhere. treacherous <laughs> ocean water. Mm-hmm. So according to the lighthouse keeper who worked there at the lighthouse from 78 to 79. There were two of them working one night when one of the light keepers was sleeping. Now, I guess at the time, there was an alarm that would let you know if the light in the lamp had been extinguished for any reason, so mm-hmm. that the light keepers could go up and re- reignite it so that the ships wouldn't get lost yeah. or crash. And apparently, the light alarm kept going off, even though the keeper who was still awake had disabled it. Mm. Yeah. So, this, Ooh, that's so every crazy. time he would turn around and go back downstairs, the alarm would go off again of this that, of it being extinguished. Dude, like I know, so I got crazy. goosebumps too. It's, it gives me like, I can just hear that like, oh. I know. I wonder what kind of sound it was at that time. I'd like to look up like the sound of the alarm. Mm-hmm. I hear like a Titanic thing in my head for some reason. Like a da da. See, Remember I hear it. It's boop, going down. Boop, boop. So, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> just, just loud and very in your face and like not something that you'd want to hear alone like a freaky on sound. that yes, island. Like, exactly. no thank you. It's way too freaky. <laughs> Ah. Um, according to some members of the Coast Guard, it's not unheard to see shadow figures or even hear footsteps on the ground. Um, like on the grounds, sorry, not mm-hmm. just the ground, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the current caretakers of the lighthouse do have two rooms that are available to rent with cots. But as I said, there is no one running water or electricity um, I mean, the Ghost Adventures crew literally brought their own grill, you no. know, and food to, like, grill on the island, and no. this island is scary, and I showed you what it looks like at night or in rough waters, mm-hmm. and I couldn't imagine, like, being in the lightkeeper's house, going to bed there and knowing that I'm there, like, and this crazy, scary island in the middle of this, like, scary ocean, <laughs> it's just... It's all kind of scary. And you have to, like, take, like, a, probably a, a boat, like, a small boat. Oh, yeah. Over. Yeah, you have to take a... Well, no, they, they did... Did they, like, ride over and then get left? Is that how they locked down? They actually were left because this was okay. an early... I know. Oh, this was an early episode and in the early season. It's been a while, and you know that... Yeah. They did it good. Yeah. In the beginning. So yeah. So they probably were dropped off, and that's their lockdown. And yeah. They were locked on the... Oh, on the no. island. Yeah, they were dropped off, and... Um, uh, do you know how far like out oh did they say like how long like the boat ride would have been or something like that map here it is for me i don't know how long the boat ride is but seriously oh my god it's fucking far from shore even more anxiety thinking like if something happens right now no one can get there very quickly and especially if the ocean is treacherous you could not take a small boat you would have to take a big boat like coast guard boat i'm not going there (laughs) No, I mean, I would go, but I'm not staying the night. I mean... Okay, yeah, I'll go for a tour in the, the afternoon day. and you're leaving the boat I don't right think there. they actually do tours. Probably you have to do, not. like, I, I do not... Oh, no, you have to does, rent a room? Oh, I that was a the room. prison I was looking at. The Leavenworth Prison doesn't do tours, but I got that stuck in my head. So okay. No, I don't know. They they might do tours here, but as far as I read, you like, they have the rooms for rent. Okay. But, yeah, I mean... No, I'll post this on the there. website, too, because it's crazy... How far from shore anywhere that this mm-hmm. lighthouse is. Yeah, because there's the Pel- I mean, Pelham. Yeah, so this is Pelham, and I'm sure that this is probably where Gatsby, Manor Haven, and all that. I think maybe this is oh, where the okay. Gatsby stuff that is. That makes sense. 
because like I said, it was like kind of a barrier before those. Mm -hmm. And it's far from anything. Yeah, I know. It's like, no, what? No, thank you. Yeah. So I don't know how long the boat ride would take, but it looks like it would take a good 45 Mm -hmm. minutes to an hour. Yeah. If, if not more. Depending on the waters and what kind of boat you're on. Exactly. Like there's so many different factors. Like, is it a clear day? Is it a windy day? I know. Do you just have this tiny little motor on the back of your boat or is it like a big Imagine taking like a tiny little boat. Uh, the, 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 no. Well, no. That's <laughs> the kind of boat they arrived on. Like a tub. Yeah. Like a yeah. Tub boat? Yeah. No. With no, the no, motor no. in the back, and they're like, brrr, I'm like, what the fuck? No. I can see Zach. Was Zach the one manning the motor? No, it was, the, it was the guy who dropped them off and stuff. Okay. Of. All right. Yeah. But Zach did catch a fish. <laughs> oh. And then Nick okay. accidentally, the he, Nick claimed the line snapped, and then. I'll have to rewatch that episode. It's not Um, very conclusive of anything, so don't prepare for like anything. You do hear a shriek at one point. I I feel like I just love my old ghost adventures. I know it's the best ones. They got all their cool tech. Yeah. Which they did use cool tech and they did get some robotic responses. Yeah, yeah. And and they evolved the show with other new equipment. Yeah. Which was cool in the early years. I know. And I'm sure that they're going to come up on our spooky episodes because, I mean, we have watched all of their episodes. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of the times... They go to a lot of the cool places that we want to go to or want more information on, so... Yeah, exactly. We use it for more info because since they've gone to those places, we are like, oh, let's see what kind of awesome things they got there since we can't go across the country. Yes. (laughs) Especially now. I know, like, (laughs) my episode will feature them next week. Which is awesome, which I wanted to say that that pretty much concludes this episode... But if you keep on listening, uh, the next episode will play because we dropped two for you guys at once because we just love you already so much. And we're too excited. We are too excited. We just had to share what we have. So (laughs) um, if you just keep on listening, the next episode will play right for you. You don't even have to touch a thing. But we should mention where you can follow us if that's a thing you would like to do, which if you'd like, you can follow us on Facebook at More Than Murder and Twitter at More Than Underscore Murder and follow us on Insta at More Than Murder Pod. And if you have any stories that you particularly want to hear or just simply want to say hi, because we would absolutely love that, you can email us at More Than Murder Pod at gmail.com. We will see you in our next episode. Bye. Enjoy your Freaky Friday. Bye.